brings me to my next point. Is there, you said there's no universal system. So between brands or manufacturers, um, could, could the scratch or the profile vary between everyone's 16 grit? Could one manufacturer 16 grit give me a different profile from another manufacturer 16 grit? And if so, are they large variations? So the contractor be aware that if he's using one brand, that those numbers of that brand don't necessarily correspond to um, another brand. The, the best way to answer that is to say that there's no actual regulating body to verify that one manufacturer's 16 grit meets any standard that another manufacturer may be trying to achieve. There's no regulation that says um, somebody 16 has to meet some kind of size criteria to be called that. That means there is a possibility and a probability really that if I'm using a 16 from one supplier and I use a 16 from another supplier, it's gonna be sheer luck if the two scratches happen to match up perfectly. Uh, and that's just, that's just the nature of the industry. It's not really a good or a bad thing as much as you know, from a contractor's perspective, when working with a certain tool to give some thought to changing the supplier of the tool, which is, is okay. I mean, it's an open economy. We can do as we like just to verify ahead of time that if I do switch to a different manufacturer of tool, whatever process I'm trying to, to do to test that tool and make sure that it's going to give me the same scratch as I'm used to seeing from the previous one. Uh, usually when people switch it's because of price or performance or both, but as long as people are, are aware that there's no, there's no regulating body whatsoever that says a 16 grit must meet some standard uh, from all the different manufacturers. So yes, they can vary. Okay. Uh, given that, I know that um, in most specifications, a CSP rating is given based on whatever the um, final results are, whether you're prepping for a coating or you're prepping to polish, there's typically some sort of CSP. Um, Given diamonds themselves and the most aggressive diamond, what's the, what's the lowest or the highest, depending on your perspective, CSP that a diamond can actually give you? Can they go as high as a four? Are they regulated to ones and twos? Um, in your experience, you know, and what I'm going with this is where would a contractor going, I can't reach this with a diamond, I need to go to a different mechanical process such as shot blasting. You know, where are the, the, the parameters or the limits of diamond grinding versus other applications? With regard to CSP, and it's really a matter of which regulating body we'd be referring to when we say CSP. I believe CSP is unique or was maybe at least instituted by ICRI, um, the International Concrete Repair Institute. Their CSP2 sample is a, down, a diamond ground profile the arcs can actually be seen of the scratches as they cut across the surface of that sample. That indicates to me it's a diamond grinder. What grit it is, I have no idea, but it indicates that a diamond grinder, a surface grinder, ran a diamond across that sample to make that scratch. CSP3 is a shot blast, and that looks like a sandpaper finish. I can't achieve a sandpaper finish like that with a diamond because of the nature of the machine, the way the tools are drug across the floor. They can't vertically attack like a shot blaster. So that pretty much keeps us narrowed down to a CSP2 if we're trying to match the profile in that sample from iCry uh, of the CSP2, a diamond ground, diamond ground surface. With regard to the depth of the scratches that are in that sample, again, it's going to vary and it's only as a, 
it's only really offered as a, a go by or some kind of direction of what we're trying to achieve when we try to scratch the floor that way. Depending on the hardness of the concrete, we may need a 16 to match the number two. We may need a 30 grit to match the number two. So trying to match that sample exactly is probably not going to be possible. It's just the idea that the concept of scratching the floor to the point of it being fully scratched and not having any flat spots or shiny spots or remnant sealers, whatever, that chip that shows a CSP2 is really just indicating the whole floor needs to be scratched. The diamond choice, the diamond configuration, the hardness, the softness, that's going to rely on the contractor. It's going to be at the contractor's discretion based on the quality of the slab that's being prepared. Okay. Um, so let's go into my, my next subject, which are segments. Um, you know, walking the floor at any trade show, World of Concrete, wherever you may go, there's, there's loads of diamond manufacturers. They all are showing diamonds with a different amount of segments, different shapes of, of segments. Um, kind of go through and, and talk about the importance of those and, and um, you know, what that variation can mean, like say between a two segment piece and a 10 segment piece. What, what are they designed to do and what are the differences? Segments are, well, a segment by itself is going to be, as we talked about earlier, the diamond crystals in the matrix. They are a mixture of the diamond crystals and then various powders and where, I mean, there are trade secrets in the diamond crystals themselves because most are synthetic. So there is a science to that. And then the bonding powders or what makes up the matrix is also a proprietary mixture of different types of metallic powders. Those are pressed together, they're cooked, heated, they crystallize, and that's what makes them a hard block of diamond embedded segments. The different shapes that are out there uh, are going to partially be for convenience because the industry standard, uh, let's say of a rectangular type segment that's been around for a long time. So just because so many people are making them and they've been around so long, the molds that make them are probably readily available because all this stuff has to be molded and pressed into shape. There are ones that are oval. There are ones that are round. There are ones that are rectangular and then cut in half. And then there's ones that are pie shaped, which literally look like five, six, eight, ten 10 different pieces of pie on the face of the tool. The segment's real job, besides holding the diamonds in place so they can scratch the floor, is going to be transferring the weight of the machine through that tool to the floor. If I have, let's say, head pressure of uh, 100 pounds under a machine, and I have, as an example, 12 tools, then each of those 12 tools is going to have an equal amount, if the machine is balanced, an equal amount of that 100 pounds. The amount of segments on the bottom of that tool are going to be the points at which the pressure is diverted then to the floor and how the scratch is influenced. The different shapes, the different sizes, in my experience, at least what, what I would strive for with a tool that matches a machine, would be one that optimizes the weight of the machine transferred to the floor through those segments to the degree that I get an aggressive cut, but also limiting the amount of weight so I don't get excessive wear on the tools. Because it's always a balancing act between abrading a floor and not having the tool wear out in such a fast amount of time that now my cost goes from, let's say, a nickel a foot to 50 cents a foot. Because the diamond tool at the end of the day is still a consumable good. The faster it wears, the more it costs me. But there is a balance there what, from between what I can reasonably charge for its ability to cut a floor and how long it lasts 
versus an exorbitant cost of it wearing out too quickly. Either way, it does its job, but if it wears out too quickly, then obviously my cost is going to be beyond what I expected. But a segment's job in the shape of them, there again, there's no regulation. So some of it is the legacy effect of uh, the industry being the age it is, borrowing those technologies and shapes from different industries. And then not to, not to say it's bad necessarily, but copycat manufacturers that have seen other brands with other shapes that then come up with hybrids of that. Again, there's no regulation. So if, if the industry supports a business making diamonds and they can stay in business making and selling their tools, the, the combinations are limitless of what can be made. With all the, the variations of segments, um, you know, from, from an outsider looking in, it almost seems like um, somewhat of a marketing ploy um, to give an, a manufacturer some sort of proprietary um, diamond that they can show that, look at ours, we have this configuration, it's unique to everybody else in the industry. Um, but it sounds like it's less about, and correct me if I'm wrong, less about the configuration of the segment as much as it is about how the segment interacts with a, a specific grinder with the head pressure. Is that fair to say? Yeah, there, again, we're, we're dealing, it's really more a matter of physics. We're, we're dealing with a fixed amount of weight and power. And that weight and power is trying to be translated through the tool to get it to scratch the concrete. The concrete's the variable. Uh, if we have a fixed tool and it's attached to the bottom of the machine, then it's grit, it's uh, matrix strength, the power, the weight, all that is fixed. The variable is the concrete. Marketing ploy, absolutely. I mean, consumer, a contractor that makes purchases for their business is still a consumer. We buy with our eyes. If I'm familiar with a certain shape of tool, then it's in a manufacturer's best interest to offer tools that look like what people buy because the trust that that's going to be there based on past experience with the same colors, the same shapes. That's okay if it works, if things stop working, or if from the beginning, there's always been a struggle with cert, with a certain kind of tool. It's not necessarily a manufacturer problem as much as it could be the configuration of the tool itself. So there's a lot to be said for matching the quantity of segments, the surface area on the bottom of the tool for a given machine. That's as equally as important as what those segments contain, whether it's the bond strength or the diamond quality, the surface area of the tool is also going to be very important too for, again, how it's going to cut and how long it's going to last. Thank you for watching. We hope you enjoyed this second segment of the BMD Learning Series discussion on diamonds. Please join us next week for the third installment and don't forget to subscribe, like, and share if you found this video informative and beneficial to your business. And don't forget to click that bell icon to be notified when we post a new video.